Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. You're listening to CMO Moves, the podcast that uncovers the human side of game-changing leaders. Hear their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and how they got to become leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. We hope you enjoy their stories, their advice, and take away some tips and inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to CMO Moves. Today, I am super excited to be talking to Craig Rowley, CMO of Shutterfly. And I think most of us are familiar with Shutterfly, a digital purveyor of things like photo books, Photo prints. I know I have a ton from Shutterfly because I take a lot of pictures and it's nice to actually touch them and get them out of my phone. So Craig, hi, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And Craig, you are in Seattle, correct? Yep. Seattle based, but grew up in the Midwest. So, but I've been on the West coast for about the last 10, 15 years. So how are you liking it? Do you consider it home now? I do. And um, I, um, I kind of glamorize the Midwestern change of season and, and winters, but um, I go back enough because part of my team is actually in Minneapolis. So I get good reminders of what it really is like to be in a winter. And, uh, and I'm happy to be in Seattle where it's not so harsh. Yeah. So. How close are you to the famous fish market? You know, I'm pretty on the south side. I came here to work at REI, so I'm actually closer to Tacoma than I am to Seattle. So you have been the CMO now almost two years, correct? Yeah, it's going on two years. Yep. And prior to that, you did serve as CMO for Groupon. And Mm -hmm. before that, like you mentioned, REI, where you spent quite a bit of time and actually your first 
client side role. So let's just dive right in. Would love to hear um, a little bit more about you, the Craig outside of work, and Mm -hmm. then how you um, got to your position today. Yeah. Well, I'm Seattle-based. I have um, five kids. I never expected to have five kids, but my wife and I dated and she had three and then we had two together. So a lot of people that knew me about- What's the age range? um, From 22 now down to 12. Wow. Um, But a lot of people that knew me when I lived back in the Midwest and I was single and then I see them now and I have five kids, they can't understand why. (laughs) They can't do the math, but- I became instant dad with three and then had two more. A lot of them are just grown up. Like the second and third one are now 21 and 18. So um, now they're little adults with their own world and their own lives. And it's great. It's great to see. That's awesome. And when Craig and I were talking before, he let me know he's an outdoorsy person. So I'm wondering if that had anything to do with you taking on the role at REI. Yeah. Well, that's why I find my way to REI. Um, and, you know, I had long considered a client side job, but, but I was an agency guy for a long time and had senior positions in agencies. Um, and I'd always wondered what would make me switch to go to the client side. But I'm a 25 year triathlete. I've done mountaineering in the past. I'm a big snow sports person. I've done every type of cycling racing you could think of. So I had that all in my background. I was a it was my lifestyle. And so when I got to REI um, to do that professionally was a, was a great thing. So looking at your role to almost two years at Shutterfly, take us back a little bit to your move client side and then what led you to Shutterfly? I, I kind of was trained in advertising and marketing and had my degree in that from University of Illinois from way back and had envisioned maybe an agency career. But for a short moment, I was actually a, because it was a good job and a great company. I was a sales rep for Procter & Gamble. And I learned a lot from that job. It's like boot camp for marketing and advertising. You know, you're right there in a grocery store trying to convince them to put up a Pringles display. Um, but I didn't like that role. I really liked the idea of bringing creativity into what I did. But even more so compared to what I was doing at P&G is really going to scale, like t- thinking about what would m- motivate somebody to buy a product And the whole creative process of figuring out what is going to be the leverage to shift their perceptions and try to get them interested in something. And so I quickly found myself into an agency career. And then I worked in that for many years. Um, But I think the switch that made me come over to be a CMO um, is that as an agency person, you could make the boldest and kind of brightest recommendation. But if you didn't have somebody on the client side with a real vision, and real ambition, um, you were kind of limited by what, you know, they were calling the shots. And so for many years, I'm, I, I worked on great brands on the agency side. I was the lead account guy on Harley Davidson and Porsche for about 10 years. I mean, I worked on great enthusiast brands and loved it. Um, but, you know, I was kind of thinking, oh, well, maybe at, at some point I'd like to be in that role where I call the shots. I set the vision for the brand. And then when the REI job came around, that was like the perfect combination of the stuff that I like to do. And then a a company that was really ripe for marketing transformation. So that's what drove and motivated the shift. And now that I'm on the other side, I've not looked back. You know, I I love the agency career I had, and I still think their agency and and working in an agency is super interesting job. Um, But I really like the role I'm in now. Tell me about the move to Shutterfly. Was there a catalyst? Was there something about the brand that you were really, you know, keen on when you took the role? Absolutely. I mean, 
I look for brands that play a very big and kind of important role in people's lives. And I think really for any brand, you can find that kernel. Um, but Shutterfly plays a huge role in people's lives. Like I, somebody I was just on the phone with today was talking about, they made their, their grandmother's got dementia and she's sitting in a nursing home and she doesn't really remember things that well or fleeting memories. And this woman made her a blanket with all the pictures of her family on it. And her, her grandmother sits in this blanket and occasionally her grandmother will comment on the pictures on the blanket and remember oh, what her, you know, what her family. Yeah. And, and so Shutterfly does that for people um, and has for many years. And we have a immense following that makes all these things. And we can talk about the brand campaign in a minute, but that's the kind of thing we're tapping into is that, you know, Shutterfly helps you create things that have real meaning to you and to other people and help you create those connections. It's an e-com brand. And just like many pure play e-com, it's got a very big revenue and promotional drivers to it um, and felt there was an opportunity and we had new leadership there to stake a new course for the brand and drive a deeper connection and serve the brand up in a way that really fully explores this connection that we make with people and the role we pay, play in people's lives. There's a lot about how we contemporize that for a younger customer and what a younger customer might need um, and people that are newer to the brand. Um, but how, that was how what- How old is the brand? Um, it's about, what am I saying? 20 years old. So it's actually, you know, um, you know, it's, it's sort of a late stage tech brand because it's still mostly tech. I mean, what you're buying is the process of making something. And then we, we do a great job of the end physical product, unlike a lot of other brands can, where we have very high quality perception because we have gotten really good at making these very high quality digital photos and making like great photo books, et cetera. Um, so we're really, really good at it and we've got a great supply chain and we continue to expand our, um, offering. And that's again, across, I keep talking Shutterfly, but there are multiple brands in our portfolio. Shutterfly and Snapfish are two brands in the photo space. Um, we also have Life Touch as part of Shutterfly Inc. And they do the school photography. Oh, okay. And, you know, you mentioned this a couple of times, um, even when you were talking about your prior role at Groupon, how it was primarily a transactional business that really is moving more into uh, full experiential. And in the case of Shutterfly, absolutely more of a brand view. How are you yep. thinking about that? And I would love for you to touch on the campaign um, that yep. came out in late last year, right? December. Yeah, we right as we ramp up the holiday season because we do a big business in the holiday because holiday cards is one of the core offerings of our business. So we have a huge spike around the holidays and all the gifting that goes with it. So we ramped the campaign up before and it was a horse race because I got here, was in COVID, my teams were coming together. We did decided to do an agency review. We had some of the best agencies in the country go after it and we chose Mischief um, and they're just a great bunch of people and really nailed the campaign idea. And it's called Make It a Thing. And uh, I love that tagline because it's not only captures the meaning of the brand, but it is also literally what you're doing when you, when you use our service <laughs> or make a product. It's you are making it a thing. But the idea behind the campaign is that when you, Shutterfly for years has been about self-expression, but when you go to make something, you're actually putting your thumbprint on it. The average amount of time people spend making a photo book, for example, is almost three hours. People put 
a lot of thought behind which pictures they choose and how they design it. And that idea of self-expression is really powerful. And we found that that was equally true with our younger customer as our, as much of our core customer. And so the campaign idea hinges on that, of that you're making something truly bespoke, but it's not only just for you, it's creating meaning in your life as well as in others. And like the example of the, you know, the woman that made that blanket for her grandmother, you're creating something that says, that says, I know you, I know what's important to you. And I'm putting something out in the world that creates a connection and has true meaning behind it. And uh, on the holidays, it's a great um, platform because a lot of people are just buying stuff from the mall. Mm-hmm. And you know, that gift you get when, you know, there wasn't very much thought behind it. Um, you know, it's just sort of picked off the shelf and we are the opposite of that at Shutterfly. We are all about bespoke and people putting a lot of thought into something and, and, and doing something truly bespoke, truly meaningful and expressing themselves. And um, that's what we mean by make it a thing. And the double meaning of that, we're making it a thing of like, I know you better. I, I understand a little bit about you because I made this thing and it represents something more meaningful. Um, So really happy about the campaign. It's still early days. We launched in October, right before the holiday. So um, we created enough assets for that campaign. So it's still rolling through into this quarter as well. And have there been any key learnings or any kind of thing that's caused your team to pivot? A few, a few it's still early days. Um, okay. One of the things in, uh, you learn when you're in a very transactional environment is that the leaders of an e- e-commerce organization, your peers, want the data, want to know, hey, is this driving the numbers? Um, and so one of the things we did is we did a split market test where we upspent in certain markets to see if it would move the needle. And it's coming back statistical significance that it is driving our numbers, particularly traffic. Um, so we've gotten good validation that spending into a brand, spending into upper funnel is ma- making a difference and getting people interested in visiting our site. And then in there are some pivots, like I think we played with how many elements we had in the mid funnel, like social campaigns that would connect to the upper funnel campaign. I think as we've strengthened some of those pieces, the campaign's been optimized and has improved um, some of its results. Um, and then I think landing experiences like we're e-com. So when you land people in an e-com environment, we're getting learnings around, do we need to change the front door of our website in more places to welcome new customers? And uh, is, is, could our conversion be better if we tailored our environment to be more welcoming to somebody that's newer uh, to our platform? Those are a few things that we've learned along the way. I'm always fascinated by retention versus acquisition conversation. Mm-hmm. How do you think about that as CMO in terms of your efforts? And I know that's that's always the the magic question. Yes. Usually when we're talking to people like Adweek, we are talking about TV commercials and things that get a lot of impressions. Equally, we have one of the smartest and best performance marketing teams I've ever worked with, as well as one of the smartest and best CRM and personalization teams I've ever worked with. And we have a big focus, particularly on personalization, because we have a lot of data on our customers, particularly photo data. One of our number one performing emails is our rediscovery emails, they call them. And you perhaps get them five years ago. Here's what was happening in your life. Um, And we were able to serve up the photos. And sometimes in context, we know if they're travel photos or whether it's the birth of a child. So we're able to dimensionalize that for people. That's just one example of a use case. But we have hundreds of different use cases that we are building 
to tailor and personalize our messaging at scale to our customer. We also, if you go to our site, it scrapes the, the photos that you already have. So literally when you show up at our site, we'll actually have built things that you can click on and make that already have your photos in them. So we have a great focus on personalization and, and using the data to drive um, a deeper engagement with our customer. And I, I want to ask you about direct mail. Mm-hmm. It's not the sexiest topic in marketing, mm-hmm. but it works. And it works so, mm-hmm. very well for a lot of brands. What role do you see direct mail playing for Shutterfly? Huge one. And not just with Shutterfly, uh, at, at REI, we had a massive ROI for our direct mail. And we, and we felt, you know, because it's paper, we did a lot of work to say, all right, do we get to, to the right people? We don't want to waste. And we do the same thing with Shutterfly. But the numbers the numbers tell the story that the, the direct mail piece is one of our single, and, and it's got a tight ROI story. It's a fully stacked ROI, meaning we put all the, co- the cost of all the effort we put into it, the paper, everything is built in. And we, we drive a huge incremental return from doing direct mail. So it is a critical part, particularly at holiday. And I think it is a little bit zigging while you, the rest of the world zags. If everybody is is moving to digital and creating a lot of connections in digital, actually the mail might ironically be a way you stand out more with the, with the fragmented experience that you get with CTV and in, in broadcast as well as in the digital channels. So it works really well for us. So we definitely do not take our eye off that ball. And we, again, that personalization and CRM team that leads it is is a really smart crew of people. And every year they're optimizing that. And we do some versions of that are prospecting oriented and some of that are more based on existing customer. So it's a really well-oiled machine and it's really successful for us. And, and how large is your team um, in-house? Um, we're around, I'd say 175 to 200 people. Wow, marketing. that's, that's yeah. pretty large team. And that's across the different business, the yes. different businesses. The under different business okay. yeah. And then with your agency background, in terms of the relationship that you have with Mischief and, and likely other agencies mm. that you work with in different capacities, what's maybe one thing that you've taken from your own experience on the agency side that you apply to your role in working with them today? I think there's a great deal of empathy Um, but also I think our conversations can be quicker. Like I find that we have very, very good and clear and crisp conversations around the briefing or giving clear feedback because as an agency person, sometimes you have five people talk from the client side and it's five different points of view. It, it makes you more to get the most out of your agency relationship, giving clear direction and being very direct sometimes too. And the mischief people are such great people. They're so responsive and they're so collaborative, but you can be really direct with them. It was like, I, here's what I like and here's what I do not like. And here's why I think agency people would rather hear that mm-hmm. than just being nice mm-hmm. and saying, nice you know, gets you nowhere. Great. And you tweak this <laughs> because really what you're trying to do is get down to the best most meaningful approach. And it's an ultimately subjective thing. A lot of, you know, there is an art and science to this, to this. So you really have to be very strategic and disciplined to say, what is the right specific approach? And then we do, and, and, and not age, every agency loves, loves this, but we did, te- we tested some of the, the work that we did before we put it in market, got good feedback. I don't think that's to choose the campaign, but it's to optimize it. Right. But I think, being having been on the agency side 
for so long, I think you're more intuitive about how you go through the process and you learn how to get, give really good direction and get a good product out of the agency and work really efficiently. What about in terms of the actual move you made career-wise, mm-hmm. any advice you would offer? Yeah. It's funny. When I was at agency for many years, I always looked at my clients and said, oh, well, there's jobs way easier than mine. I'm working 70 hours a week and I, they can call me on a Friday night and ruin my weekend. And, you know, and when you get to the client side, you realize, well, yeah, the pressures might be different, but it is just as um, challenging yep. and you have way different stakeholders. And so I always used to think on the agency side, well, why isn't the client spending more time with me? And right now, the agency work is about 5% or 10% of what I spend my time on. I've got many stakeholders across my uh, world. We are driving revenue and my marketing team is responsible for driving revenue every week. Um, so I would say that this, my advice would be there is a lot to learn. And um, on agency, you sometimes have a few blind spots and and some of them have to do with really getting to, if you want to make the switch to client side, really get to understand they are working with a much bigger picture mm-hmm. of the entire marketing mix um, than just the, the um, advertising branding side, for example. And I will say, I worked on businesses that were big enough. Like I was the lead guy on the Toyota business at Saatchi for many years. And we were very um, full service. We did the dealer advertising groups, we actually did the front end of their website. So I learned a lot of these pieces on the agency side. So it's not like you don't um, have exposure to that. But when you become a CMO, you're responsible for it all. And also tying that to a revenue and, you know, and a conversion result. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you have to just be ready to learn that side of things. And when I went to REI, it was the perfect, that's the move I made. And it was a perfect situation because I took a lot of the innovation and quick being able to quickly assess where a brand should go and have worked across so many brands and then applied that to a brand that really needed that level of thinking, but also quickly learned e-commerce and retail um, and had to really know that those are things that I needed to learn and put the effort into it. So what do you see is evolving in the agency uh, brand relationship in the future? I would say, I think and, and it's not just agency. I think the ma- most important for, thing for CMOs to be thinking about is, and, and these get cliched and overused, but end-to-end experience is a term that's used a lot. But if you're doing brand right, you're not just looking at the campaign. And, 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 and a good agency will help you on all of that. Like when we were pitching, an agency would say, here's the brand idea, but here's a mock-up of how your website might change to be able to express that brand differently. Or here are ideas that you would bring to your HR team to onboard and do employee marketing differently. You're responsible for all those touch points. And depending on the type of business, you can have a, a brand expression could be more what your customer service rep says to somebody on the phone um, than it is a brand ad. And that could be much more meaningful in our, your net promoter score. Mm-hmm. So to me, it is, it's somewhat cliched and everybody talks about it, but it is a real thing that to be a true CMO, you have to advocate for that whole experience um, because your brand is built through many, many touch points, not just seeing a commercial on TV. And so it's not necessarily a new concept, but getting it right is new um, because a lot of times organizations aren't set up to be able to hear and 
organize around that idea of customer and that, that being at the center of things. Right. Um, so I think that that's probably the biggest thing I would suggest in terms of agency and, and brands is that they work together and they think more than just what the, the ads will be. Yeah. Again, back to the point of empathy and understanding what the client, what's your purview as CMO and, and the agency should be familiar with that to know what's, what's yeah. important. And bring um, recommendations and bring thinking, right. you know, um, they, they, again, marketing is not really rocket science. Anybody can have a good idea for what would go on a website or go yeah. in an email. Um, so I think agencies sometimes think ad first too much and where they think they could, what excites a, a client sometimes is like to think of the humble email and what you would do in an email, because a lot of times they spend a lot of their time thinking through what email um, right. results will be. Yep. So. Well, and, and thinking about a couple of things you mentioned already that are uh very important for the brand personalization sounds like you have a very sophisticated um you know personalization model set up i would say we're getting there i would getting there um, <laughs> i know it's all it's always a journey with personalization and then just launching the brand campaign what other areas are you exploring as cmo and as a marketing team perhaps in the innovation side of things um i think the social team's doing a great job with influencers um and that inspires me um i think i mentioned to you before my daughter is dating um you know her girlfriend is uh is a big influencer and she has lots of clients and through her i follow her instagram we work through a lot of those influencers as well but they're so young and they approach media so differently i think our team's done a great job of partnering in influencers and because we're such a ugc brand living in that space is really inspiring and i think um there's more to be done i think more for us to plug that into our whole experience, that, right. that, that sort of point of view. Um, but I think those are very, very interesting areas. And also just content and content marketing. Um, there's just so many different ways to tell your story than, you know, it can be a long form article. It can be short GIF, right. GIF files. Like yeah. there's so many different ways to express a brand idea now. Um, and we continue, especially in social is probably the biggest place that we do that. I think the opportunity is to try to bring more of that content across more of our platforms. Um, but that's, I think, a big area for that we're exploring, not even just exploring. We're doing a lot of great and interesting work and in creating a lot of compelling content and serving our, our Shutterfly product up in u- unique and interesting ways. Yeah, I think that was one of the biggest takeaways from COVID in terms of marketing was the shift of content not needing to be so precious and this desire and need for more raw in the moment content, which we're going to continue to see. And then thinking about the role of the CMO, how has the role changed from your perspective? I think, I think the challenge with CMOs and why it sometimes can be a revolving door is that a CMO and that role, they need to really set expectations really well for what's achievable and kind of almost by when, um, because there's a push and pull between short-term results and things that just take time in our longer term, like evolving your whole end-to-end experience. That doesn't happen overnight. Or if you're trying to shift perceptions of your brand and appeal to a new customer group, that doesn't, you know, our campaign launched in October, that's not going to happen overnight. And so I think that to do it right, you have to set a really good expectation and almost um, tell that story across the organization. How are we going to drive short-term results? And what are the levers that are reasonable to do that? 
And then what are going to drive longer term results or things that will pay out over time, at least. They should always at some point have a result. Um, but even the geo test that I mentioned, we got good in-market signals, in-quarter signals right away from doing a brand campaign. So you're starting to put those kind of breadcrumbs out to say, okay, if we continue to do this, it'll build upon itself. And um, I think that that's, as I've, I've learned into the role being on the, you know, kind of heading marketing on a three big good brands right now, that's probably the most important thing you can do is paint the picture of what that should look like over time and get people to buy in and then continually kind of re refresh that and tell mm -hmm. people again, here's why it's working. Here's how we're tweaking it. Here's what we're, what's, we're learning and just setting that expectation up front. I think the danger you fall into is just going in and saying, I'm going to solve the, all the world's problems. Here are the 15 things I'm going to go and solve. And you end up only solving two of them. And everyone's like, well, wow, I expected a revolution there. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's, that's part of the discipline you need to bring as the lead marketing person what, in what, on whatever brand you're working on. Yeah. So set expectations and then uh, reconfirm them along the way. Yes. <laughs> Good advice. Yeah. And, and, and some things are going to pay out in the short term. Sometimes some things you have right. to wait. <laughs> and, and communicate that weight, which I know is the hardest part. What, what about the industry as a whole, Craig? Is it, if there's anything you could change about the marketing industry, what would it be? Um, you know, I think it is around that short-term versus long-term, you know, um, dimension. Um, but I do believe there is a, especially at an e-com brand, and that's what, what you have to be strong about, is there's a focus on just the rational tell me about your product, tell me what you make, and therefore people will be interested in. They're in it. There is a definite art to, and this is my agency days speaking that still live within me. And I remember telling the story to many clients of there, you have to get people to, to move with their heart a little bit too. You have to capture people's imagination or you shift people's perceptions more quickly if you do that than just saying, hey, we've got a great product. And I think brands need constant reminders of that. And, um, and also, like I said, demonstrate how it's working. Um, but I think if I was going to change something or, 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 or the thing I think is a big challenge is to continue to remind people that, and particularly, you know, especially with the short-term mindset, oh, wow, I had a bad quarter or the quarter didn't work out the way I wanted. So I'm going to jump ball and try a bunch of, other, a, a bunch of new things. Um, you have to stay focused on there are some things that are longer term and some and sometimes it's about winning hearts, not just, you know, wall, wallets. Love it. Yep. Um, that's that's great. And I think a, a lot of people will relate to that sentiment. Um, well, we're nearing the end of time, Craig. It's been so great talking to you, but I do have one final question for mm -hmm. you. And I think I have a general idea where this is going to go. But if you were okay. not a CMO and you had all the money and talent in the world, what would you be doing? You know, it's funny. I like, um, it, it's a, it's, you would think in something out the outdoors and I used to play a lot of tennis and I thought I would want to be a professional tennis player, but that would be absence of talent. You know, you didn't need the talent for that. Um, but I think it'd be more something like a, a contractor. I like, I, I, it speaks to my creativity. I like the idea of what, a, if you redo it, I like old buildings or old houses and I'm a junkie for HGTV when they redo these houses. It. Um, yes. And it's my maker mindset too. Like I like to build things and get yes. stuff done. 
And I love the transformation of bringing back these old houses and the stories they tell and the way people used to live. If I had to go off and do something else, that's probably what I do just because of the, um, the, the visceral kind of tactical part. Of yeah, that, um, I, I'm with you. Anyway. I think that's human nature. We all want to do something with our hands. My sister's actually building a house in Tennessee and I'm so following along with her journey. Well, awesome, Craig. It was so great talking to you and um, excited to see what else you and your team have in store for Shutterfly. And I'm due to order another photo book here any minute. So oh, um, <laughs> go shop. Yes, go shop. absolutely. Yeah, Take go care. make something. Okay. All right. Thank thanks you. a lot. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, we'd love your help in sharing CMO moves with one of your friends or colleagues. And please also be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. Better yet, leave us a review while you're at it. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 